Ladies and gentlemen, you are listening to a bonus episode of the Charger Football Podcast. This week's episode covers how the Charger Football Program creates a culture of leadership and service to others. This Charger Football Podcast is always hosted by Andy Dietrich with Coach Doug Dynan. And our special guest is coaching legend Russ Isaacs from Snyder High School. The Charger Football Podcast is sponsored by OPS, Optimum Performance Sports, the official sports medicine provider for Carroll High School and all of Northwest Allen County Schools. OPS, rethink your limits. Welcome to this very special episode of the Charger Football Podcast, sponsored by Optimum Performance Sports, the official sports medicine provider for Carroll High School Athletics. OPS, rethink your limits. My name is Andy Dietrich, and I have been looking forward to this episode for over a month. The number one purpose of a high school education is to prepare young people to become contributing members of our society that actually go on and improve our community. High school athletics, the marching band, the show choir, the speech team, among others, are an extension of the classroom, and they provide an opportunity to teach our children to become the best that they can be in a new and unique situation that's slightly different than the classroom. When it comes to athletics, the X's and the O's, the wins and the losses, they are important, but they aren't the end all and be all. In the case of high school football, it's about trying to get young boys to become future leaders in whatever field that they move on to. This episode is going to focus on how the Carroll High School football team develops a leadership program. And the purpose of the leadership program is to create a culture of the team that is geared towards putting the team above yourself, holding your teammates accountable, and being able to do your job as an athlete. Coach Dynan takes the mandate to build young men out of boys very seriously and makes it a focus on all that the program does. Coach Dynan got his start in coaching at Snyder High School. And he has learned much about molding young men from his friend and mentor, former Snyder head football coach and athletic director, Russ Isaacs. It's my pleasure to introduce both Coach Dynan and Coach Ike as we begin our conversation on how the football team can churn out young men who become leaders. Coach Dynan, pleasure to talk to you again. And Coach Ike, absolute pleasure to talk to you ike welcome to the program andy thanks very much for having us um it's it's my pleasure as as we talked about a few weeks ago andy to have this opportunity to do a leadership episode within the podcast and i'd be remiss if i didn't reach out to coach isaacs who was my mentor and you know embraced me into the program in 1993 and much of what you know, led me down that path to, to be a head coach and form that relationship between coach and player, as well as, you know, sought me out to to look for ways to lead better. He was obviously that, that mentor to me. And so it's, it's my pleasure and your pleasure as well, Andy. You know, we both worked with him at Snyder. It's our pleasure to welcome him to the podcast tonight. No, I just said I'm looking forward to the time because I, uh, you know, I love to talk about um, <clears throat> high school athletics and football specifically, and uh, what we can all do to make the experience as rich and positive and lifelong lasting as it can be. 
Ike, one of the reasons that I transferred from Southside to Snyder is I wanted to go to a school that had a, I wouldn't necessarily say a better athletic department, but an athletic department where the football team was good, where more of the teams had success. And and I love football myself, and I know how important it is as the ultimate team sport to instill that 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 idea of, of teamwork into it. And so tell us about your philosophy on building leaders and good teammates, and then we'll talk about how that has influenced Coach Dinan and what he's brought to, to Carroll High School. So tell us about your philosophy of leadership and, and, and what you did as a coach. Okay. Well, first of all, the, the, the foundation of everything that we do, <clears throat> it's our job as the adults running the program to create an environment in which everyone in the program can flourish. That means the best player to the least, the least talented player, to the most gifted player, to the least gifted player, but they all have the same opportunity to flourish and grow and mature and learn. That is our job. Create that environment. That's the first thing we have to do. So we have to know how to teach the game. We have to know about um, <clears throat> athletic development for the players in the offseason. And we have to have a general philosophy of how we're going to operate our program. And, it, you know, the, the, the older I get, uh, the more simple it becomes. Um, but it is very complex and difficult to achieve. And that is when, when, when our players graduate after four years, we want them to understand the importance of work ethic and that we choose every day to work hard or not work hard. And that essentially, if, if we want to be successful, we have to choose to sacrifice and suffer because that's the price of excellence. We have to make that choice every day. Then we also have to decide that we have to put others in our life more important than ourselves. In other words, we either live our life in the service of others or we live our life in the service of self. We want to teach in our program work ethic, care, concern, and love for others. Now, if we work hard and we care about our teammates, we've got a good chance to be successful because our coaches work hard, uh, they know what they're doing, and uh, have cre created an environment in which the kids can flourish. But winning, you know, and Doug will attest to this, you know, we don't, we don't ever talk about winning. We talk about doing your best in math, English, mowing the lawn, cleaning the bathroom, polishing your dad's shoes, whatever you're doing, autograph your performance, be proud of what you're doing, and work as hard as you can. Now, those two lessons manifest themselves every day in everything that we do, and it is constant. You know, and I could, I could you know, elaborate greatly with it. That's the basis. That's the framework. That's the foundation of what we do. We're going to help kids understand the importance of hard work. We're going to help them work hard every day. We're going to do everything we can to assist that maturing. And we're going to teach them that we will do everything we can for them. We tell kids, you know, uh, you know, we love you because we choose to. You know, your parents have to love you. We don't. And and we love you because you're here with us. And we're going to do everything we can to help you have the most positive, constructive, fruitful experience for the next four years. Hey, Doug, what do you what do you want to toss in on top of that? Andy, I, you know, and, and we have talked about, you know, similar characteristics and, and similar attributes that we desire out of our guys within within the program. And that and I hope that you have heard some parallel messages, you know, through our eight weeks or nine weeks or whatever we've been doing this. Um, you know, it's no secret that that I was I was at Snyder for 17 years and, and 
those foundational things, you know, became deep rooted in me. And without question, I brought them to Carol and, and try to teach those same values. And we have core values. Everybody's got core values. And then the core values that you put on the wall, even though we don't put them on the wall because the poster that you put on the wall doesn't make them core values. What is core and internal internal within your heart is what the core values are, you know, but those things that we talk about daily with our guys are parallel to what coach Isaacs just said, hard work, invest in the lives of others, competitive excellence and belief. And, and again, it, it starts with hard work. It starts that for you to have an opportunity to be successful you've got to work hard in everything that you do. And it, and it is insignificant as to that task that you are going to try and complete. Hard work is the, the most important thing. The second core value is investing in the lives of others is because one of, one of the key leadership characteristics that you have to have if people are going to follow you is that you've got to care for them. And it's, it's not about what other people think about you. It's your investment in other people. Uh, the third point is is competitive excellence, and simply put, is that's doing as well as you can do every minute. You know, Coach Isaac pointed out some of those things. It doesn't matter if you're mowing the grass, or if you're, you know, if you're doing your homework, or if you're playing football or or volleyball, what that is, doing your best in every moment. And the, and the fourth thing is is belief. Having having belief in your program, having belief in your teammates, having belief in yourself having belief in your coaches because without trust, without that belief, then, then there, that relationship will not flourish. And so I, you know, I've had the great opportunity to be mentored by Ike. I've had the great opportunity, you know, to, to read and study and, and other people, you know, leadership qualities, you know, that were taught to me beginning in 1993 when I started in the program. OPS, Optimum Performance Sports, is the official sports medicine provider of Carroll High School. From diagnosing, repairing, and rehabbing injuries to pushing yourself to the limit on the playing field by utilizing cutting-edge training programs, Optimum Performance Sports is proud to be a partner with Charger Athletics and the Carroll community. For more information, visit www.OptimumPerformanceSports.com. OPS rethink your limits when, when you guys have players come back and, and visit in the locker room after game you know they may come back on homecoming or or they they may come back and see a, a summer summer practice before they head off to college what i like to hear from my players when i was still coaching is what are you doing now how is college going you know you know are you married do you have a family how's work going and on our homecoming night, we had Ross Coble come come into the locker room and talk to us, and and that was an absolute joy to hear how well that's going. So, Coach Ike, tell us about what that means to you when you hear a player come back and how successful they are. Well, you know, the, the, our whole purpose, as I mentioned, uh, was to teach lessons that last a lifetime. You know, and that's why it's they're very direct, they're very simple. And we repeat them over and over and over again. But when young men come back and say, you know, uh, I was in this situation and, uh, you know, I, I, I handled the adversity because I knew there were going to be tough times. And, you know, if I was tough enough and diligent and, and worked hard enough that I could get through whatever the situation may be. So, you know, that 
that's that's the most fulfilling message that you can receive from a former player is thank you for teaching us what you taught us because it's true and it's meaningful you know and the light goes on for kids at different times um, that the light goes on for kids prior to their senior year usually it takes three years sometimes kids do it in two years sometimes the light never goes on but when they leave us we want the message to go with them so that maybe someday you know, if it hasn't happened while they were with us, the light will go on and say, you know, I can do this because I'm willing to work hard and I'm doing it for the right reason. And uh, it's, it's the right thing to do. So, you know, like I said, the message, message is simple. Uh, it's, we repeat it over and over again so that it will serve the kids for a long time after they leave us. Doug, what's it mean for you when players come back? Like when Ross came back that night, that was a great conversation with that awesome young man. Well, first of all, Ross is, Ross is a great man. And, you know, in the time that he came back and, and we got to share some time together was was invaluable. And Ross pointed out some some key things, you know, that had helped him and, you know, and very simple messages. And one of the things that he put in perspective for us is, you know, hey, you told us to be playing our best when it came tournament time. And he said, keep that in focus and keep that in mind all the time. Um, ironically, t- just today, just this evening, I received a text message from Jack McGill. And for you know this, Andy, but, you know, our our, our audience may not. Jack McGill was in um, training to be a Navy SEAL and has already gone through boot camp, graduated, graduated. Uh, in the, in the top, I'm going to say top 5%. I think it's higher than that, but for percentage wise, we'll use that number. And he is in pre-bud training right now. And he sent me a text message about the the leadership that, that we used with his group and with himself and how he continues to use those characteristics and those leadership methods to, to help him get through things such as drown proofing and you know the the struggles and the things that people are you know the the guys in the navy seals are going through right now and what that does is reinforces the fact that you know we we have an impact on everybody we've got an impact on every kid that passes through the program on every kid that passes through the program and we've got to keep that in perspective at each minute that that every relationship is going to have an impact positive or negative and it's always great, again, always great to hear from those guys, you know, and hear that their life is going well and that we did have some influence in that. So let's talk about the the leaders in the leadership world, for lack of a better word, who has kind of influenced both of your guys' philosophy. Now, Coach Ike, I know that you're you're kind of a you you've read many of the books by John C. Maxwell. Mm-hmm. So talk about Maxwell's leadership philosophy that has really hit home with you and how you have used it in your time as an athletic educator? Well, you know, I, I started to form my leadership philosophy. I attended Huntington College. It's now Huntington University, but I was there. It's Huntington College. And it's a very fundamental Christian school. And, you know, the profound uh, example of leadership is Christ uh, giving his life for others. You know, I mean, that's the ultimate love that you can have. Uh, so it, it all kinds of emanates from there, you know, and Maxwell. And so my attitude has always been servant leadership. You know, what can we do to help others? What can, we, what can I do to help you? How can I serve you? 
but that's all based in Christianity because the basis of Christianity is God is love. And the basis of Christianity is we are to love one another whether we want to or not. So it all kind of began there, uh, you know, and uh, when I started doing it, I spent a lot of time reading Maxwell stuff. And what, like I said, we use his, his attributes and, you know, we had a leadership folder and we talked about an attribute every week and blah, 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 and all that kind of stuff. But the bottom line is do everything I can uh, to serve other people. That, that's the, you know, the basis of what I believe in. You know, one of my, uh, as I was doing some research on Maxwell, I came across a couple of, uh, of quotes that resonated with me. And, and the one that really resonated the most, uh, because, you know, I'm in a position of leadership with, with Northwest Allen County Schools and you guys as football coaches, you're direct leaders. But here's the quote, people buy into the leader before they buy into the vision. And what that spoke to me was about caring, you know, and you talked about love there, Coach Ike, you, you can't have people follow you unless they understand that you care deeply about them. You know, I just gave a presentation to some other teachers in Noblesville over the weekend with my two of my colleagues. And one of the things that we talk about in this presentation, and it's a presentation about rigor and relevance and where do they fit in education. And one of the questions we pose to the teachers is what comes first, rigor or relevance? And it's actually a trick question. The real answer is a relationship, that third R. <laughs> Nobody is going to follow you and become more than they can be unless they have a relationship with you. And so talk about how I talk about how that is important to have that caring relationship between you and your players. Well, it's it, and like I say, it's the basis of everything. You know, and, and I, I, let me insert one thought here, too. You know, uh, a lot of good coaches don't do what they do to serve the kids. You know, by good coaches, I mean they win, okay? Uh, and people love winners, and they will accept winners for whatever they do. But <clears throat> my firm belief is our significance as teachers, educators, coaches is solely determined by the positive impact we are having on those that we work with every day. If we don't positively impact the lives of the kids that we teach, coach, and work with every day, we have no significance whatsoever. So it, it starts from there. It, it begins by telling the kids that you love them. And, you know, I've, and I've never been afraid to say that or, or preach that or espouse that. Men don't t use the word love much. Uh, and I will tell you this, one of the best things I ever did, Andy, was every Friday night after we played, the thing I would tell the kids is, when you go home tonight, tell your mother you love her. You know, it was kind of trite to begin with. But the more I thought about it, the more I, I came to believe that there was no better way to close the evening and leave, leave one another than by telling them, you know, and if you don't have a mom, your grandma, your aunt, your uncle, your dad, or whatever, there's someone significant in your life that sacrifices for you every day. You know, we take them for granted. We need to tell them that we love them every day. So I say all that to say the basis of everything that I do and it's hard. It's very, very hard. It's very difficult uh, because there are days in practice where I do not love the guys I'm coaching because they're not working hard. They're not paying attention. They're not doing what they're supposed to do. They're not invested. They're not focused. They're not intent uh, as they should be because Doug will know. Doug knows and I know. And when we've been around, we know what it takes to perform at a high level as an individual and as a team. We know what it takes. We know how much investment you have to have. I'm going to contradict you for one second. 
you say there are days that you don't love the kids, and I know that that's not true. What what he means is there are days that he doesn't like their behavior and their response and their performance. <laughs> yeah, and, yeah, yeah, very true. Yeah, very you know, true. There, yes. there is no question as to his relationship and his love for those guys. Yeah, yeah. I should say there are days that I don't feel very loving towards them. I love them, they're, yeah. but they're, they're, that's right. They're annoying. They're annoying me. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how a kid could ever do that because. Ike, even when I was one of your coworkers, I never wanted to point you and you had no bearing on me, but I was just, I did not want to get that Russ Isaac look ever. Yep. Yep. I know everybody knows what you're talking about, Andy. Andy, I want to, I want to add in one thing and, and he's, you know, Ike was talking about, you know, learning and, and reading Maxwell stuff. And, you know, one of the things that, that hit me most when, in reading some of the Maxwell stuff is talking about the the levels of leadership and it points out those, those facts that you're talking about. We're all, we're all put into positions of leadership. All three of us are in there right now. And that, that doesn't do a thing simply because you have a title, simply because you have a position, simply because you're a senior, you know, you fill in the blank, whatever that is, people are not going to lead you simply because of that. Now, now you are given the, the keys to the car and what are you going to do from here on out? The, the second level is permission. People have to give you permission to lead them. And that comes from the relationship that you have with them. And that's the most important thing. You cannot get to level three if you don't have a relationship with other people. We all have had a coach somewhere in our athletic past or a teacher. It could easily be a teacher where you knew that that person cared so much for you and wanted you to do so well that you would run through a brick wall on fire to please that person. And that's what a real leadership does. That's just, that's, that to me is amazing. And, and you two guys, I've seen it firsthand that you do have that influence on, on people and you should truly be commended about it. And in fact, Doug, you and I have talked many, many times, not so much about X's and O's, but more about, motivation and buy-in and getting kids to be the best that they can be. That's so much more important than the X's and the O's. Absolutely, Andy. You know, I think it's, you know, the most important thing, you know, as I pointed out, you know, that's, that's our responsibility. You know, that's, that's our responsibility. And our responsibility is to develop young men so that they are productive people within society in the future. Um, you know, and part, part of that leadership and one of the, the points that I'd love to highlight tonight is, you know, this comes from the focus three group, which is Tim and Brian kite. Um, Brian Kane also talks about it as well, but it's, it's a performance pathway and it, it puts all three aspects together. And that is leadership, culture, and behavior and how all three of those pieces together drive us to the results. And, and we're all looking for some result. We're all looking for, you know, some outcome that we desire. And the, the only feasible way to, to get to that end point is, is through leadership, culture, and behavior. And, and it emanates from our relationship that we have with others. You know, as, as, as Ike pointed out, leadership is influence, and that is the most simplistic definition of leadership. But, you know, it, it, it's where it all begins. Doug, can you talk a little bit more in detail about what the leadership pathway is? The, the leadership pathway 
um, begins with, with, or excuse me, the performance pathway you know, begins with leadership. Leadership creates culture. Culture drives behavior and behavior produces results. And within this talk, I'm sure that we're going to break down and talk about each of those areas, you know, to some, to some level, but, you know, a, a leader simply is, is somebody who's going to earn trust, you know, set a clear standard and equip others with, with, and, and inspire others with the, uh, with the ability to, to reach those standards that are set. And we talk about why, why, why do we spend time with leadership with our guys? You know, why not spend more time fundamentally doing things on the football field? But, you know, that's not our objective. Our objective as an educator, as a, as a leader within the program is to develop men for the future. And, you know, it all begins with, with leadership. Again, leadership is influence. We're put in a position. We gain, gain relationship with others. And then people will start to follow you, follow you if you are doing what you're supposed to do, if you do well, if you're productive, if, if you are performing at that high level. And then you, you're called to train others and to develop others at the same time. And there should never be a, an issue to where you're afraid others that will, that will outperform and, and lead in front of you because that's what we're all called to do. The, the fifth level of Maxwell's leadership is pinnacle. And, you know, quite honestly, Andy, that's why Ike is on the podcast with us today, because, you know, we, we can all read about people who are pinnacle leaders, you know, but I only know one and, you know, we're gracious to have him with us tonight. But, you know, every, every organization has a lid to their organization. And that lid is defined by the leadership that we have. And, if we want to raise that lid, if we want to improve or the quality within our, our organization, it all begins with leadership. No, I was just going to say this, and and, and uh, all of that is awesome, okay? And I agree with it completely. But one thing a leader has to understand is no one can outwork the leader. No one. The leader has to set the standard for work ethic. No assistant coach is ever going to work harder than the head coach, Okay. The most talented players on the team have to be the hardest working people on the team because God gave them the most talent. So the people that are in response, like Doug said, you know, in the position of leadership, we set the standard for work ethic. We set the standard for concern for others because the younger players are going to look at the seniors and know that. And I've, I've told this story a hundred times. Okay. When I was a freshman in high school, we lived in Peoria, Illinois, and I went to Richmond High School. And there was a senior that played the same position I played, or I played the same position he played. His name was Rick Olson. Rick Olson never knew who I was. Never. To this day. If somebody said, who's Russ Iger's, he wouldn't know. But I watched him do everything that I could watch him do every day that he was a senior and I was a freshman. I wanted to be Rick Olson because he was a senior. He was a great player, uh, good-looking kid. All the girls loved him. And we all want to be that guy, you know, when we're a freshman in high school. So he didn't, ha he had no idea, but he set the standard for me when I was a freshman in high school. You know, that brings me back to the second of the John C. Maxwell quotes that really resonated with me. And, and, and this one, I mean, it really speaks to me. A leader knows the way, goes the way, and shows the way. And, you, and Russ, you just talked about how that leader has to be the hardest worker. Absolutely. They've got to be the one that shows the most caring. And that's, that's yep. 
I mean, that's it right there. It's yeah. just you you got to know the way, you got to go the way, and you got to constantly show well, the very, way. Very simply put, Andy, people are not going to follow an individual that, that doesn't behave right, that doesn't work as hard as they can, that doesn't perform in the classroom. All of those attributes that we want, we want guys to be, we want individuals to be, this is not characteristics just to men, but when, nobody's going to follow somebody that, that doesn't perform, that doesn't do those things at a high level. And, and so it, you know, it's a tough level, you know, because, you know, every day, every day we've got to live to that high standard. You know, however, you know, that, that's the, that's the role, you know, if we, if we choose to be a leader, if we choose to positively influence, then that's the role that we've got to accept every day. Yeah. yeah and, and, and you, you can't have a bad day. Okay. You can't have a bad day. If things are going wrong, you're feeling sorry for yourself and all that kind of stuff, you know, uh, you know, you, you got to get over that real quick because first of all, nobody cares you're having a bad day. Everybody's looking at you to help them have a good day. Yeah. That's, yeah. There's a uh, spotlights only always on you as a leader for sure. So, Doug, let's go back to focus three. And one of their tenets is they talk about above the line behavior and below the line behavior. Can you explain what that means to our listeners? Um, very simply put, it's it's just you're you're drawing a line in the sand of what is acceptable behavior. And uh, above the line behavior is that you're you're intentional, you're purposeful, um, you are you are you know on point as to you know what you should be doing at every minute. And it is tough, and this is what we just talked about. It is it is tough for any individual to live their life above the line at all the times. And we all find times in our life that we dip below the line. We the the biggest the biggest crutch is that we're we're all human, we're all fallible, we're all lazy at times, and we, impulse will get us in, and we can we can react. Because of situations that happen, you know, whether it be something as stupid as an official in a football game or, you know, a situation as dramatic as, you know, one of our loved ones, you know, battling cancer or battling illnesses and, and how we respond is above the line or below the line. And, and it really is just defined by, you know, the, the desired outcome and the desired that desired way that you want to behave. No, no, absolutely. You know, we... we... It's hard to do what's right all the time. Uh, it's a real simple analogy, but I tell the kids this. Do whatever you want to do in your everyday life if you could do it with your mom standing next to you. It's real easy. You know, if you wouldn't do it with your mom standing next to you, don't do it. Don't do it. You know, adding to adding to one of those things, Andy, um, and. You know, and I, I wear this wristband every day, and it's not it's not for show, it's not for anything. It it is to remind myself of the way that I need to behave and act at all times. And the the more that I look at it, the more I remind myself of what that response is. And and it's a E plus R equals O, you know, wristband bracelet. And the E plus R equals O stands for event plus response equals outcome. And what, what we have to understand is that we don't control the events or the outcomes that, that are in our life. We do have some influence on the outcomes. However, the only thing that we control is our responses, how we act, how we behave, you know, how we interact, how we lead. You know, are we intentional? Are we purposeful? Are we skillful with our behavior? And, and if we are going to live above the line, then we have a better chance, no guarantee, but a better chance to 
you know, achieve those outcomes, whatever it is that we want. Ike always has said this for years, and, and, you know, it resonates more with me now at 52 than it did when I started coaching at, you know, 27 years and, you know, years old at that. And choices, we have, we have all the choices that we can want, and we can choose whatever we want to do in life. Um, however, we don't have any impact on the consequences that happen from those choices. And, and that's really all E plus R equals O is, you know, you've got choices and consequences and you don't control the consequences in your life. You know, we, uh, and that, and that's, that's right on the mark because here's the deal. And, and it's true when uh, playing football, if you're playing on a muddy field, uh, adverse conditions, uh, your best players hurt or whatever, you know, and it's true in life that we either handle the situation or the situation handles us. And that's, that's what Doug's talking about, you know, the outcome. Our choices determine the outcome. So we either handle the situation in life or it handles us. And you're going to face adversity. We all know that. And that's very trite to say. But you either handle it or it's going to handle you, you know, and we're all only one bad decision from ruin. You know, that's, and that's what I, I, you know, I try to preach to kids as much as I can. Think about what you're doing because, you know, we can, over 42 years in education, you know, I can uh, recount tragic stories where great kids made one bad decision and, you know, may have lost their life or impacted them for the rest of their life in a, you know, in a very tough manner. I hit it right on the head, you know, it's, life is a series of choices and uh, consequences are going to happen with every choice that you make. You know, the Fort Wayne football family is so lucky to have you two gentlemen and many others, but I'm just getting a chance to talk to you two tonight. The Fort Wayne football family is so lucky to have you two guys in it. Um, Ike, this should be no surprise to you, but think of the probably a thousand kids you have impacted over your career. And, And Doug, probably almost a thousand. It's just what a gift that you two have to have such an impact on so many young men. I, I, I want to thank you for doing what you do. Um, just being around you two has been impactful just upon me. Like the five years I was at Snyder Ike, loved being around the football team and what you stood for. And, and Doug, you and I have worked reasonably close together over the nine years that you've been here at Carroll. And I see the, the development of leadership. It shows up in your kids, not only on the football field and in the locker room, but I see your kids do that in the classroom and you think of Ross Coble and, you know, you know, one of my, some of these other ones like Jack McGill. I mean, these are great young men who got that way through football. So I want to thank you guys for what you do. Well, I appreciate that. But before we sign off, let me say this, you know, I, um, I've been around football now. I think this is 42 years, uh, and my life um, is so much better because of guys like Doug and uh, Russ Bush and Mike Hawley and Dean Fast and Don Schaefer, Kurt Tippmann, Lance Klein, Bob Bergeron, Quentin Bowen, John Hauser, and I don't want to leave anybody out. The list is endless. All the guys that I had the opportunity to work with made my life better. They, they really did. I was so fortunate to have the opportunity to work with those guys. Uh, and continue to work with those guys. And those guys are all first-class educators, absolutely. Oh, without question, without question. So, I, I, I've, Andy, I've been very, very fortunate to have the opportunity to do what I've done. Uh, and as I look back, I wouldn't do anything differently. 
You know, and the time that Doug and I spent together uh, was awesome. Uh, you know, we worked together every day because we were both on the offensive side of the ball and uh, um, contributions that he made to our football program were outstanding. You know, and I was very, very happy for him and proud of him uh, when he got the job at, at Carroll. Uh, but needless to say, I, you know, because once you quit working with someone every day, the relationship continues, but it changes. It changes, you know. So I was happy for him, uh, but uh, I miss him and we miss him. And, and uh, we're glad that, you know, the folks at Carroll have the opportunity to uh, be under his direction and guidance. Well, it's, it's humbling. And Andy, uh, you know, I know that Ike feels the same way. And we appreciate your sentiments. You know, without question, there, there's, a, there's a lot of gratitude to a, a lot of people, a lot of people, you know, at the top of that list. You know, obviously our, our parents, you know, my parents, you know, parents of, of everybody that was within within our program, you yeah. know, but at the top of that yeah. list has to be Ike, you know. So, you know, 1993 is when when I started coaching and, you know, all all of the the aspects of, of the game, you know, whether it be leadership, you know, most importantly, relationships, you know, as well as I mean, it's football. I mean, we're still talking X's and O's. I mean, all those characteristics you know, were foundations, you know, that were built, you know, beginning at that time. And, uh, you know, I'm humbled, um, you know, we're, we're gracious, Andy, to have this opportunity to share, you know, some of the things that mean a lot to us. Yep. Thank you very much, Andy. Oh, you're welcome. It's been an absolute pleasure. As you know, as I mentioned on the probably the very first show we had, this is just a passion project of mine. Um, I love football. I love podcast. I wanted to give my give it a try and it's been very successful and it wouldn't be successful without Doug. I mean, he's the true star of the show. Um, but I've learned a lot. I mean, just listening to Doug talk football and leadership every week has been fantastic. And probably early in, early on, as we began our idea of doing this podcast, we decided we wanted to have a leadership show and I've really, really begin. I've been looking forward to this and it's been an absolute pleasure. So, uh, Thank you guys for being on the show. This has been awesome. Oh, it's been my pleasure. My pleasure. Again, thank you, Andy. Great week. Great week. And we're, we are glad, Ike. We are glad that, that you took time to, to join us on the podcast as well. We would like to thank our athletic trainers, Steve Lubihusen, Michaela Hoffman, and Jordan Redding, who, along with OPS and the doctors of Fort Wayne Orthopedics, provide all the sports medicine services for Northwest Allen County schools. Go where the Chargers go. That makes me want to suit up and go play for you right now. <laughs> oh, my God. That, that was pure heaven. We could just stop the show right now. <laughs> hey, is there anything that we missed that you wanted to talk about, Doug? Yeah, Andy, you can't have a, a 30, 35-minute podcast and, you know, and just talk about leadership. I mean, this, this, would, this would be you know, four weeks long. I mean, honestly, I mean, 